Hello and welcome to How Are You Holding Up, a mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And we're we're here again. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while after we said we wouldn't be gone for a while. But as you all know, life throws you some curveballs. It so, always does. Yeah, we thought we would talk today about some of the stuff going on in our personal lives and um just kind of catch up and talk about the goods the bads and the rest on our quest to survival happiness maybe uh, maybe <laughs> happiness is so not even remotely a goal anymore i can't even begin to imagine it as a goal it's just kind of a state that just happens every so often and i just kind of like fold in you know fold into it yeah. Uh but Linz, let's start with you. You've you've had quite a number of changes lately. Yes, I have. I um so let's see, over a month ago I left my full time job to pursue <laughs> my dream, which is to do full time voiceover. So and that's actually been going fairly well. I'm really lucky that I have a partner so that we can financially do this. We've, you know, I've been saving and, um, yeah, yeah. Just going to give it a shot. And it's been interesting for my mental health journey because I'm, I feel like I have, I don't want to say manifested, but I have at least pursued and gotten a lot of the things that I wanted. So like I wanted my own house, at least a rental we're renting, but you know, a house I wanted, um, just not to be with roommates, um, wanted my, my dog and I wanted a cat, uh, a good partnership, voiceover and living in the forest. And I have all those things, but, um, my mind still isn't used to being happy. And it's interesting. I was reading something about this, that if you're used to being depressed and you're used to being in survival mode, that you're not made to be happy. You're made to survive. So mentally you aren't going to experience happiness at least for um, a significant like extended period of time. You're always going to fall back on uh, like shaming or fear or whatever yourself into motivations. Like my motivational tactics to get myself going to audition, to, to go for a walk, whatever I shame myself or I try to use fear or whatever. And those are obviously super toxic. And um and I'm trying to learn how to be happy and allow myself to, for a moment, just enjoy the successes that I've had, which I've had a couple and I've overcome a few things and that should feel good. And sometimes it does. And I do feel proud of myself, um, but it, it's it's been interesting. So I have gone back to therapy. So I am going to therapy now once a week again. Hooray. Yay. And I have a lot more emotional energy now that I'm at home alone most of the time. So that's good, trying to figure out some things. And I mean, the idea, I know that being a human, you don't, you're not supposed to necessarily be happy all the time, but I do think that we are supposed to have moments and perhaps some prolonged moments of joy when really good things are happening in your life instead of like disassociating and not really feeling that intense emotion or like feeling really good. And then the next day you crash really hard, which happened to me. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's some of the stuff that's been happening in my life uh how about you chris how are you doing well uh last we 
posted an episode. It was before I did the trip to Oklahoma right. to get my dad's things. Uh, I uh, I made that trip. I flew out the first Thursday in March. I drove back from Oklahoma to uh, New Mexico, from New Mexico to Utah, from Utah to back to L.A. And I made that trip in two and a half days. I drove about eight to... Eight to ten, I think twelve hours was the longest a day. That's so much. It was, (laughs) yeah. I, I I mean, I usually love driving, like to an extent. Uh, There was something about it that I don't know. It, it was, uh, it was not the same kind of journey that I took back in September, where I just you know wandered and enjoyed my my time and got to see beautiful things. I mean, I still saw some beautiful things while I was driving and I took some I took photos that I I enjoyed, but I uh I got home and I unpacked boxes of just boxes, so many boxes. Um I ended up renting like a 16-foot truck because that was all they had. Uh, and I think I filled up at least like eight feet of that truck. (laughs) That's a lot more than you were expecting, right? You were expecting a few boxes. I was expecting like a small garage, but it it was a full size garage almost worth of like stuff. And Uh, you didn't know this stuff existed until they messaged you? About 22 years. Yeah. I went 22 years thinking this stuff just either was trashed or in a landfill or in a storage i didn't didn't even think it was in a storage unit i thought it was just trashed landfill or sold those were Mm. the choices yeah and they were all there everything i mean the first things that i found just like opening just like the first boxes while i was there like i ended up finding uh one of his vests one of his biker vests oh wow it had all of his patches and stuff on it Oh, cool. um, and that was I, I wore that I think the majority of the trip back um, and you know I found uh, one of his practice swords from his work with the SCA and I found you know copious amounts of papers and letters and drawings and all of his art stuff it was it, books, so many books, a lot, another library's worth of books for me to go through. Um, of which some of them, I mean, I've just gone through a few of them. I found like two copies of the Satanic Bible, which I was like, this is <laughs> all right, let's, let's, let's fucking get this going. Like two copies of the Satanic Bible, so many books on like magic and fantasy and folklore and mythology. That sounds and- wonderful. Oh, it was, I mean, it was, it's definitely been bittersweet at the very least where it's like, like I found, um, it was like a hardcover, like first printing of the first collection of Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Oh my God. I found in there. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. This is something really special. And I'm just like, I hadn't even been able to get to it yet i'm i'm sitting in the pile of all the books because i'm like i need to go through these and organize and 
just I barely have the strength to open the boxes. Yeah. Because uh, I, I just don't know how to process something that just doesn't feel real. Like it feels like this is this is something I was besides the fact that I was not expecting it to exist and that it didn't exist basically for the majority of my life. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's rediscovering somebody, someone that I, I don't know. Yeah. Like a, like a complete stranger, but they've meant more to me than some people I've known for years. Uh, have you talked to your therapist it's been about a, it oh yeah no she she and i have been slowly unpacking a lot of it and yeah it's uh there's a lot there's a lot to go through um just on that front and that's just like i mean that was one thing uh i, I did actually yeah speaking of uh, yeah i've got a therapist again now which is great um <laughs> she's phenomenal uh she and I have been trying to focus more on the root causation of like my kind of self-sacrificial nature. Oh yeah, we talked about that—the white knight syndrome. You mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. I mean, the white knight syndrome is part of it, but she's like, no, no, it goes way deeper than this. And oh. I was like, I'm like, oh, she's like, oh yeah, no, you, you. You've basically, like, you've been saving other people your entire life. You've been, you basically have skipped entire stages of development because you had to be there for people who were emotionally compromised. Yeah. Due to, you know, their own trauma. And as a result, you never learned to take care of yourself or that you yourself deserve any form of being taken care of and yeah um i could see that i don't <laughs> yeah i don't I've, I've seen that at work <laughs> yeah seriously i mean it manifests now at work because that's what i've got that's mm. what i have that's literally the only thing that i've it's the only thing i've got um keeping me sane and that's a loose definition at this point. Do you feel like there's been any uh, change since we last recorded in terms of mental health? Yes and no. Um, I don't. Um, well, I had one one encounter. Um, I think we briefly talked about the the hilarity of the last like medication shit that I had to deal with. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but it was funny. Brief Where summary. <laughs> my br brief summary, my psychiatrist prescribed me a medication. I went to go check the medication or rather the pharmacy that I go to. They they called me and they were like, "Hey, are you sure you want to fill this prescription?" I was like, "Uh, yeah, why?" And they're like, "Well, it's going to be a copay of $400." Oh, and I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, no, uh, this, this medication, they, they offer a coupon. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cute. All right. Well, 
I go on their website, I sign up for their coupon program, and they're like, yeah, we could save you a whole $100 off of that. And I was like, great. That's still a $300 prescription for for 30 pills. Uh, Can you do better? Well, there's GoodRx. Okay, GoodRx. What do you got for me? Uh, $80. That doesn't combine with the other coupon, though. Oh, so I could either take 100 off or 80 off, and those are my choices? Dope sauce. Mm. So at that point, I basically went, hey, you know what's cool? Uh, not being not being depressed because I just saved $400 a month on medication. <laughs> I'll put that money towards therapy. That'll be great. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm I, pretty sure that I need to be diagnosed with ADHD. Since I've been alone, I've been noticing the telltale signs of it, especially for women, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I've talked about it on this podcast, but for sure when you're alone and you're the only one that's supposed to be monitoring yourself and scheduling yourself and you're like, where's my water cup? Oh, it's downstairs. Oh, here it is. It's in the bathroom. Wait a minute. Why wasn't I in the bathroom? Oh, that's right. There's towels on the floor. These towels should go into the, you know, the laundry and, oh, we're mm-hmm. out of soap. Wait, we're, no, we have more soap. It's probably over the, wait, what's this on the ground? Oh, it's a penny. Oh, I have a jar for pennies. I'm going to go take it to the, you know, and then it's like. I was supposed to wash the dishes and audition today, and I ended up doing a lot of little things that don't look like much of anything. But um, yeah, that that has gotten better. Um, I've also noticed That's some good. emotional, like, um, how do you what do you call it? Oh darn, it's like emotional. Reg- okay, uh, regulating your emotions when you have ADHD. Mm. Well, I'm going to go into this later, but you have problems. People have problems regulating emotions usually when you have ADHD. It can be something yeah. like an example I, I saw on a TikTok was a guy was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to talk about my emotional regulation because it just happened. I was planning a dinner for my wife and I, and she called me just now and told me that we were going to have a friend over for dinner as well. And that sent me into an absolute rage because suddenly that meant that I had to figure out what other food I was going to bring out, how I was going to prepare it. I had to put more time aside, more emotional energy aside. I had all these new steps suddenly came out that he thought that he'd already figured out. And I experienced that too. I get really engulfed in rage and sometimes I get so frustrated and so angry. Like I'll cry. um, I'll misread. I mean, this can be something little. This can be something that's like, it's not that big of a deal, Lindsay. You know, like logically, it's not a big deal. But for whatever reason, it can just send me into a tailspin. So that's been interesting when it's like, okay, I'm getting enough sleep. I'm eating well. I'm, you know, not over socialized. I'm not overstressed. So what's the problem? Why am I having these strange things come up? And it's like, oh, maybe it's part of my ADHD. Um, So that's been like an interesting journey for me this last month and a half month. Yeah. Yeah. Month. Yeah. I I can imagine so God, many little I, things, I, you know, like ADHD. They, <sighs> it's not well named. It's not. It's just now they're starting to, you know, for example, like ADD doesn't exist anymore. If you were diagnosed with ADD, you actually have ADHD. Um, and people are like, well, mm-hmm. no, I'm not hyperactive. And it's like, well, right. There's three different kinds of ADHD now. <laughs> there's like the hyper focus where you zone out mm-hmm. a lot um, and get really fixated on things. There's the hyper physically, you know, you're moving, you're doing stuff. And there's the combined where you have both. And most people have combined. The thing that sucks, too, is uh, I've been talking with my psychiatrist about it and uh, getting tested to like actually diagnosed 
for ADHD. Uh, yeah, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Unfortunately, I... what it's coming down to now is, especially after all the COVID times, uh, one, you have to find a clinic that's willing to do the testing. Two, it's going to take more than like a month to fully diagnose. And three, uh, your insurance has to take it. So good, good luck. I'm hoping, because I've already been diagnosed with ADD when I was in high school, that maybe mm -hmm. if I talk with my therapist about it, um, we can figure out a way. Because I, I definitely need to be medicated. I'm hoping to take some medicine that's a very, very low dose or something that's um, just for a few hours. Like Adderall, I think it's only for a few hours. It doesn't last yeah. all day. You can take, yeah, that's what I take. Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, I could really use that because I just get lost sometimes. I just like mentally just I don't I get lost. There's so much to do that I zone out rather than focus and it's partial disassociation but partial just like fantasy world. I'm telling myself a story and fully imagining it and then it's like, "Oh right, I'm on the couch. Uh it's been 2 hours." <laughs> yeah, the executive dysfunction. Yeah. It's uh it's a joy. Um it, it's the combination of like well, I've got I've got my things that I have to do today. I'm going to get those things done. Uh, here I am getting those things. Well, they're almost getting done. I, I've just got to get up and I got to go over to that side of the room. Um, but this side of the room has got some stuff that I could do also. But once I've gotten through this stuff, then uh, obviously I'm going to go over there and do that stuff. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. stuff was that first stuff that I have to do? Oh, here's another thing I could do. I it's get as you mentioned too. when you. Yeah. yeah when you. When you were in, you know, finding your penny, putting it in the jar. But where was the water cup that you first went down to go get? Yep. Did it stay in the bathroom or did it come yep. up and then you found it? It's in your hand. And the most <laughs> infuriating thing is the ADHD tax, which is mm -hmm. how much money have you lost because you have ADHD? I have lost thousands yeah. of dollars probably because I'll forget Easily. to pay a ticket. I'll forget to... Um, pay some you know like i have a tax person and i forget to pay them and and they their bills will go up higher and higher the you know longer i forget to pay that kind of stuff just like things that i genuinely mm. didn't mean to forget to do and i just didn't write it down on a to-do list or i lost the to-do list and um you know so now i owe two hundred dollars on a 25 five dollar ticket you know that kind of crap I mean, that that that's what's even, the most frustrating for me yeah even the smallest the smaller stuff like how many groceries have you bought that have rotted in your fridge? Yes, exactly. Because you either forgot to cook them or maybe you were going to cook them, but then you were just like, I don't really feel like eating that. I'll cook it tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. There, you know, it's, being it's... in the middle of a sentence and wanting to say something and then just it's gone. It's just oh, gone. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a miracle that we've gotten this podcast. Honestly, it's a miracle that we have this podcast and we were able to sometimes stick to talk topics because <laughs> I forget all the time in mid sentence or when like you're talking, I'll remember I'm like, oh, wait, I want to say this thing, but I don't want to interrupt you. So I'll just wait till you're done. And then like something you mm -hmm. say will spark something else in me. And I completely forget what I was going to say. Yeah, it's just gone. Yeah. How have you been dealing now that now that you've been like able to like you're you're practicing more or less being like not being in survival mode, being yeah. more in thriving mode. Um, what have you noticed that you've been able to do now that maybe like you would have stopped yourself prior? 
Mm. Um, I've I've started to feel more. I think love mm-hmm. for people in general. I have a lot more emotion that I'm able to experience. And yeah, with my partner too, you know, when you're tired and you're running the rat race and um, you've got traumas that you don't even know and triggers you don't know. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you don't have that anymore. At first you go through like a detox feeling and then suddenly mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I yeah. can sit and I can try to meditate. I would never have even thought about like sitting on a porch and meditating because I like, I can't do that. I have age, but it's been nice, you know, um, allowing myself to try not to take things so per. I I don't know how to explain this, but like this, the general day to day stuff, like it doesn't necessarily always hit me the way it would have before. So for example, um, if something break like I, I crack an egg and it breaks and all the shells go into the frying pan instead of like sitting down on the floor and crying because everything is just so hard and that was hard and now it's broken I can just kind of mm-hmm. laugh it off you know like I have more emotional reserve I guess yeah um which is and great. the other yeah and like the other day I was driving and instead of disassociating and just like appearing at my next uh place I sat in the car I was listening to a song that pumped me up and I had um I just booked an uh, an audiobook, my first audiobook, and yeah. I let myself feel like a badass. Whereas before, I think I'd beat myself down. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't let yourself feel good yeah. for too long. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, cool, you got it, but now you have a lot of work. Like, now you've got to do this. Now you have to, now, you, you know, you don't want to tell too many people because it's going to look like you're bragging and nobody wants to have a, bra- you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, br- the breaks over mentality of like, all right, good times are over. Yeah, yeah, time yeah. to feel like shit again. Yeah, like in five minutes, you know, it's like, oh, I got five minutes of like, of oh, I feel proud of myself. That's a nice. Feeling. Oh, nope, no, it's fear. No, it's gone. So mm-hmm. I still struggle with that, but it is not as bad. And um, yeah. you know, I'm I'm thinking about I'm just thinking about stuff that I just haven't thought about. I'm expanding what I'm trying to experience in my life. And I've, I'm always trying to do that, but now I'm so lucky to be able to have created a space um, that I can have that. And it might not be forever. Probably won't, you know, things happen. I'll, I might have to go back to having a full-time job and stuff. But right now um, I have a really exceptional gift on my plate and I'm trying to utilize that. So yeah. And, Good. you know, going back to therapy, like having the time to do therapy when I was working before, I had an hour and a half drive to work and an hour and a half drive from to, you know, home and, and then, you know, eight hours at work minimum. And so yeah. I didn't have time for therapy, you know. And the weekends were trying to catch up constantly with laundry and dishes yeah. and so actually trying to have a nice space. That's something that I've struggled with. I think, you know, mixed with uh depression and ADHD, it's really hard to keep a a clean space. And um no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a like a space. It's not just mm-hmm. like, it like feels nice. It's like cozy. It's like you're safe. It's like, oh, this is, I could have people over any, I could have somebody over right now. Like that's never been my house. I've always had to have like a week yeah. in advance to clean. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I've got like half of my usual office space right now is, uh, let's see. There's a chair. There's a box. There's a second box. Uh, there's a third, fourth box. A laptop. A cup. There's a there's a old typewriter that was found in our storage that I 
had planned to like clean up and maybe find someone to like maybe renew it and nope yeah. it's just sitting there taking up space in my office it's hard because i'm hard probably when, not going to get to it you know your whole life is supposed to be surrounded by work and and i think a lot of us experienced it in quarantine um our well as you know like the company that chris and i used to work for um we we came back to work fairly relatively soon compared to other people um mm -hmm. and so a lot of people experience like what it's like to work from home and have all this time and like energy for yourself and so many people are saying now i don't want to go back but um i think chris you haven't really had a a large amount of time to really experience just like oh right my whole worth and my whole life and my whole experience and my whole thought process does not have to be around what's happening in the office no yeah i've i've uh i've actually i don't think since the start of the pandemic i actually don't think i had uh a day that i wasn't working really uh, or at least i mean besides the weekends i didn't have a I didn't have the pandemic time off, so to speak. I simply worked and I kept yeah. working because the alternative was not working, which meant I had to spend time with myself or spend time at home. And now I find myself in a position where I spend more time at work because I don't want to be home. Yeah. I don't want to be here. I don't. I really, really don't. And it's, and that comes with its own combination of just like factors of guilt and, of course, and like self loathing and yada, yada, yada. So it's, I don't know. Um, kind of feel like I, I'm, I'm, rec I'm recognizing, um, this 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 episode i i'm kind of like this episode's title is going to be changes because there have been just in the last two months just so many changes on both our ends yeah huge uh, huge m fucking monumental changes that we're both kind of dealing with in our own ways but in ways that we've also never experienced before Yes. Like these are not these are not changes that we've prepared for, pre changes that we necessarily were were planning on. These are sudden, these are new, these are incalculable in their scope and breadth and we're just trying to do the best we can. Yeah. But and that's all I you don't can know. do. I mean, you know, Chris, you're you're going to therapy, you're trying medicine, you're working, and it's you're doing a lot. And yet I'm still feeling like I'm not doing a goddamn thing. <laughs> Welcome to the mental uh, health podcast. <laughs> yay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, this has been a journey. I think I'm going to maybe try and listen to some of our older podcasts because I'm curious I'm curious, you know, and now yeah. that things I, today I got my back, my first vaccine, which is um, great. Yeah. I was nervous to get the vaccine. Honestly, I was nervous because I have a funky, um, body. Don't we all? And mm -hmm. I was worried that it might react weird to it. So, mm -hmm. and it had, a, I had a kind of a weird reaction right away, but then it went away. So I, I mean, 
that was it the first shot or the first shot so i had like burning i had like shooting burning feeling under my armpit where i got it it was Mm. like i felt like i'd rubbed tabasco and it went away after Mm. the first you know 20 minutes after i got it but it was just really weird (laughs) so did you get did you get pfizer moderna or yeah Uh, got it okay so you got the caliente version i guess (laughs) that's the only explanation for yeah i mean my partner was fine he was like oh yeah this uh, i don't feel he's not even sore i can't even lift my arm up all the way (laughs) stupid shots but anyway now that you know we're being vaccinated and everything Mm -hmm. i would like to start doing our little experiments because i wouldn't mind getting another b12 shot (laughs) i agree yeah that was that was the funny thing i got the i got the johnson and johnson vaccine literally Mm -hmm. the day before they were like hey we should stop putting that out So I was like, I, I was like, you told me, like I'm getting the J and J. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And literally, tw- not even I don't even think it was day. even 24 hours because you'd gotten it like you told me in the evening, and then it was like the morning the next day. <laughs> yeah, I felt like death the next day <laughs> oh, already, and then they were like, oh, uh, blood clots, and I was like, well. I can't wait to get my vampire boba on. You know, the good thing about that, though, is now there's a huge conversation going on about birth control because I I, I don't good. know the exact statistics. But birth control, if you've ever looked at this, the side effects, they're heinous. And women get blood clots at a ridiculous rate with birth control. I mean, it, it is like tremendously. In, it's like one in every yeah, 10,000. Like 10, yeah. Yeah. And there's death with associated, a lot of death actually in cancer, cervical cancer. I mean, the, the amount mm-hmm. of problems that come with birth control. So there is a positive in this mm-hmm. nightmare of a scenario with J&J. So, you know, it's good that they're being cautious about that kind of stuff, of course. And they should be. But also it's... birth control should be better. <laughs> I was going to say, it's almost like women have always been treated shittily by the medical community. Hmm. I wonder how that's been the case oh, for so long. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Oh my god. Trust me, it's infuriating. It's, it's so infuriating upsetting that I don't even like to like research about it because no. I have a hard time. <laughs> it's just, like, there's nothing I can do. You know, <laughs> like cool. So nothing, nothing is tested on women. Basically, nothing because we're so we're hormonal and there's so many changes that it's hard to have a. Um, there's a scientific term for this and I am not a scientist um, and I can't think of it because ADHD, but when there are um, constants, so they use males because men pretty much are constant every day. They're the same. Mm-hmm. So with exercise, with BMI, with, with medicine, with everything, they test it on men. They don't test it on women. So all mm-hmm. those diets, all those, all those nutritional facts, it's not based yep. off of what women need. So actually it's really good to get like a, a woman, a female um, nutritionist for, especially for older ladies, they're told to like do a lot of cardio and stuff. And actually they should be bodybuilding anyway. I'm on a tangent. It just pisses me off. It pisses me Understandably. Off. It's understandable. It's, it's, it's scary. It's, it, it's scary. It should be fucking, it, it, it is terrifying because it's been as long as medical science has been around, it's basically been, ah, yes, men folk, we must do everything we can to help them survive women they're hysterical give them vibrators and that's really all it comes down to <laughs> like give them vibrators or put them in an asylum like yeah, that was what medical hysteria. silence did oh my yeah. god yeah i actually so 
again, I'm on TikTok, and I was watching a TikTok, and it was one of those things where it's like, tell me you're a woman without telling me you're a woman. And this girl's like, so one time I went to a doctor because I was in excruciating pain and I couldn't stand up all the way and he was telling me that I actually had hysteria and that I needed to calm down and start stop crying and I need to get my emotions in check and I was actually about to have my appendix burst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. That, that – uh, God, that's fucking infuriating when it's just like something as simple as going to a doctor and having them, I don't know – believe the words that are coming out of your mouth as to the level of pain you're experiencing yep you would think that would be i don't know top of the priorities and yet here we are it's 2021 you're just a woman who is in pain (laughs) and obviously it's all in your head (laughs) yeah no kidding I, i i did oh this is another big one i had a doctor's appointment i have not been to the doctor in years and years and years i have yeah gone to um planned parenthood for like testing and stuff and like uh-huh. normal female medical checks but i haven't been to a doctor and so i went to a doctor mm-hmm. and i told her all of my symptoms she's like okay tell me from the top of your head to the bottom like let's just talk about all of it which was amazing because so many doctors are rushing you but we went through everything That's and she was amazing. like okay i'm going to have a whole panel of blood tests for you because you sound like you might have either a thyroid problem or an autoimmune disorder so that was really exciting for me because I feel like, great, now we can finally start figuring out because I'm in a lot of physical pain. I have a lot of like random problems. And so especially if it's a thyroid issue, that could be part of the depression. So anyway, that's an exciting thing I thought I'd share with everybody. That is an exciting thing. Have you gotten the blood panels done yet? No, I have to go do it. <laughs> I had to make an appointment. Oh. So I made an appointment, but like, I guess I didn't finish the appointment appointment making thing on the phone and I never got a confirmation number and I was like I'm, I planned the whole week around it I go on Friday last Friday I like went down into town which is like an hour and a half drive and I'm like wait a minute and I wasn't supposed to eat or drink anything so I, like I was super hungry and super thirsty and then I was trying to find my confirmation number and I couldn't find it so Wednesday I will be getting my panels fingers crossed I, was, I finally she started asking me these like very specific questions and I was like is it cancer? She was like, no, no, no. I didn't even think that. I wasn't even thinking that. And I was like, okay. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, WebMD <laughs> is like, everything's cancer. <laughs> yeah, no, everything's cancer. And I have a fear. On, I have a on fear WebMD. of cancer, yeah. Uh, that's understandable. I mean, shit. If it runs anywhere near your family, yeah. that That is one of the few things, medically speaking, that I'm very fortunate my family doesn't necessarily get that often. Yeah. It's all heart trouble. Old heart oh, trouble with us. Oh, perfect. Heart trouble. Yeah. No, our hearts just explode. It's all good. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, so, something else oh, yeah. on the question that you mm. had asked me was, um, you asked me what else I'm, like, allowing myself to do. I haven't been – so, in the past, I'm somebody who plays a lot of video games. A lot. I'm talking a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I can do a full 13-hour day of video games, if not more. Sure. And I just haven't been playing video games at all. At all. I haven't. T- I don't touch video games. And I think it's because I'm more present. And I don't think video games are bad. I think they're important. And I love them yeah. still. And they're fun to do. But I no longer have that need to disappear from my life and disconnect from my life. And I think that's Which big. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely, like... Those are improvements that cannot be squandered. That is for sure. Like the only thing that I have been able to say that I could 
honestly say lately that I've been able to do that is I'm actually recognizing my own negative patterns at least. Hey. And trying to like just acknowledge them instead of just beating myself about them. That's huge. That's really, really it's big. It's not that's, easy. That's, it is not easy. Oh my God. Deprogramming yourself. Are you kidding me? We're literally in our brains yeah. and now we're, we're being asked to be conscious of what our brains are thinking. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for you, man. We are, we are just little, we're just little spinning cogs in our brains. The consciousness part, that's just a part of it. That's just, there's so much going on in the subconscious and the unconscious and the, I don't know, future conscience. Uh, who knows? Anyway, so yeah, I, I finally caught myself in a, in a pattern that I went, hey, um, stop. And Can you talk about I that listened. Um, it's we don't have to. It's good that you caught it. I mean, yes, it's more. It's more like it's such a. It, it was more just the pattern of I. I recognize that I've given up something in my life t- for the benefit of someone, and I was sitting there because I was feeling so much like guilt about it about hating it and being resentful of it it it, that 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 i wasn't acknowledging that i was still making a conscious choice to do something that was for the benefit of someone else yeah um which is still a in on the whole it's it's not something that necessarily is bad for me it's something i may find shitty now in terms of the situation but i'm still on the whole doing a good thing which i can't necessarily feel bad about feeling bad about it yeah so yeah Um, it's it's convoluted and i still hate the situation and there's nothing i can do about it but i'm still gonna keep doing what i'm doing so simple as that Listen to your heart. <laughs> if I could, honestly, like there's a, there's the, I've, I've, I'm at a point now in my life that I don't know what will actually actively make things better for me or make things happier will improve my life. You never know. I, I never know. Never and know. I, but I'm not, I'm not expecting anything. Yeah, I mean, listen, I am by no means healed from depression and anxiety or any of the mental health issues that I have, obviously. But when I look back over the past 10 years of my life and I see the change and the growth and and it's not just an uphill thing. It's not just like, oh, man, you know, I just from 22 to here, like I'm doing I've just been uphill all the time. No, it's been down and up and around and kinds of terrible mistakes I've made terrible mistakes but I've healed a lot of stuff and I've learned a lot about myself and a lot of it was super subtle for years there was subtle and suddenly something happens in your life and you react in a way that's mature and healthy and you're like holy crap and you look back at what you would have done you know maybe even three years ago and you're like I'm a completely different person and you've had those moments too and you might not feel it right now and you might not feel it anytime soon but I have all the faith that things are going to get better. And there's something, all kinds of magical things waiting around corners for all of us. Yeah, that yeah. is very true. 
We have no idea what the future will bring, and honestly, we should not look on that with dread. No. We should look on that with potentially practical resignation. <laughs> Maybe some uh, optimism. Maybe a little, uh, you know, a mixed, a mixed, little... a mixed bag of optimistic <laughs> realism, where yeah. Go. Not go. necessarily everything is going to turn up daisies, but sometimes, uh, you know what? There will be bees, and they will make honey. <laughs> there will be bees, and they will make honey. So while you could get mercilessly stung Jeez. by a swarm of bees, it's okay because, one, there, that means the bees are coming back, and honestly, that's important. But secondly, honey is delicious. <laughs> And on that note, folks, thank you so much for joining us on this mental health podcast journey. We do appreciate when you join us and message us. Um, it's a joy for us to share, and we hope that any little insight may help you as well. Yes. Um, please, by all means, send us your messages. We still love to hear from you all, even, even though we have been kind of a little crazy busy the last month or so or two or i don't know we're I feel going like since to, the pandemic we have been off and on <laughs> yeah no honestly yeah it has been so we're gonna do the best we can and that's all we can ever hope for we're so shooting we appreciate for 100 you. we are shooting for 100 and we will see where it yep. goes from there <laughs> all Absolutely. right folks as always don't, don't tell, tell us to just, just get, get over it, it.